ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. In Gaza, a humanitarian crisis is unfolding, with more than a million citizens warned by Israel to move to the south of the territory, ahead of a major campaign against Hamas in the north. So what will the escalation of the war look like after the horrifying attack by the Palestinian militant group? Today we take you to Gaza, where we speak to resident and Oxfam worker Najla Shawa, and to Israel South, where our global affairs editor, John Lyons, is witnessing a massive build-up of soldiers. Najla, how are you doing? Where are you right now? I'm in the middle area, central Gaza, a town called Zawaida. Uh, it's a small house, and we have about uh, 55 people. Oh, gosh. It has two toilets, and we're managing with water, uh, so far, we have water until tomorrow, yes. uh, like drinking uh, water. There is um, very little fuel and we can't find any fuel. So we need to conserve so much. And um, we have 20 children. Uh, so just putting them to sleep in this uh, the main room, which is like one big room. Uh, yeah, you would imagine like stacking them one next to the other. It's getting cold uh, night a little bit. Oh, gosh. And what are you going to do when you run out of water? Uh, yesterday we were uh, we had only a quarter of the water tank and we lost hope that we were going to get uh, water. Uh, so we did refill. We now are good for two days with more caution, much more caution to, to not to use mm. uh, water. It's very hard with this number of people. Najla, you mentioned the children. You have two children of your own. Yeah. How did you feel yes. when you had to flee your home? What was that moment like for you? That was that was a very 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 hard moment. I couldn't. I didn't have time to explain a lot. They were already in the war kind of mode, and they were already like sleeping not in their beds. They were sleeping. Uh, in the basement and with many strange I mean, people who they don't know. And uh, so they were like asleep. It was like uh, three in the morning. Or something. And I was just trying to collect their things. I didn't do a good job, by the way, because obviously I was, it was like a big mess in the house. We were with other 12 people. So I got two suitcases and I was... And they were like blank, you know, not responding to anything. Mm. Now they're having fun, honestly, because they are with children. Yes. So my kids are like nine and six. Innocence. <laughs> the innocence. Yeah. What do you expect now, Najla? And what is your hope now? My hope? Uh, it's very hard. <laughs> to decide because last night we had a relative who uh, was bombed directly his house was bombed mm. and so when i hear this and thinking that i hope my house will not be bombed mm-hmm. i mean to begin with i hope that we will go back to gaza city i really don't know what to hope for i, I hope that i won't lose loved ones to begin with and then the second level is that 
I hope I would be able, even if my house would be damaged, God forbid, that I would be able to go back to my city. I never wanted to leave it. I never want to leave Gaza. I'm living, me and my husband, in Gaza by choice. I, I want to be there. And, and it's so painful when I was asked a question by the media that they were telling me, yeah, you said you're not going to leave. And now you left. Mm. I was asked this question yesterday. And it, it was so painful. Yes. So yes, because I'm terrified. Because I'm seeing homes destroyed on top of children. Yes. And I couldn't picture that. I don't want this to happen. Isn't this the right thing to, to feel? That you don't want to be. At least you don't want to be injured and suffering. That's the fear that we were going to be hit and nobody's going to be here to save us. John Lyons, I've just been speaking to Najla, who's in Gaza. She's evacuated with her family to the south. Just tell me where you are and what you're seeing right now. Paint a picture for me. Well, Sam, I'm now in Ashdod in southern Israel. And at the moment, I'm looking, there's the Mediterranean on the right, and then I'm looking straight ahead. I can see Ashkelon, which is the largest Israeli city near the Gaza border. So Ashkod, Ashdod and Ashkelon are very close. And then if I look off to the left, I can see towards Gaza, mm. where yesterday certainly there was a lot of, of smoke coming. And in, when I came here, I could see in Ashkelon, I could see uh, rockets, uh, the smoke from rockets falling down or having been hit by the Iron Dome. Oh, gosh. With the Israeli army preparing to go in and, and the Israeli army warning everybody in Gaza City to evacuate, the rescue workers and the hospital there is having to work out, do we evacuate too or yes. do we stay here in the face of an Israeli army uh, attack. And that's evacuate to the south. So how much longer do citizens have to do that? Well, um, the Israeli army set a 24-hour deadline, which is now elapsed. Mm -hmm. So no one really knows when. Last night there was a flurry of activity here at the hotel. There's a lot of soldiers staying where I am at the hotel. Mm -hmm. You walk into the foyer. It's quite remarkable. I've never seen anything like the number of people sitting around, many in uniforms, but some in their casual gear, often with their two guns, you know, their, their assault rifle and then their handgun. Um, and last night there was a flurry of activity as they all came together at the front of the hotel and then headed off. I think they were heading towards the front in preparation of, wow. of some invasion. Oh my gosh. So you've been among these Israeli soldiers, John. What's the mood among them? What are they telling you? They are sort of waiting. It's the lull before the war. But also there was an incident here two days ago where Benjamin Netanyahu went down south to meet some of the Israeli soldiers. And one, according to the Israeli media, one of the reservists actually lashed out and confronted mm. him and started calling him a liar. Ah. So a lot of the soldiers here... I mean, they don't want to go into Gaza full stop. They will because they're in the army. The Israeli army is without question the strongest army in the Middle East. It has a huge nuclear arsenal um, and it's, it's well funded by the United States. 
as well. But going into Gaza, they're fighting, they'll be fighting on Hamas's own territory. Uh, Hamas, I'm certain, will have put landmines, booby traps. Hamas has huge networks of tunnels mm. through the Gaza Strip. So the Israeli soldiers, I think what the war will look like in the first few hours and days will be 50 metres by 50 metres. It might take them 24 hours to, to, to go 100 metres. But I think they will be going there assuming every square kilometre is booby-trapped. And, of course, it's worth us remembering what's the, the immediate spark for this particular war was when Hamas came across the border nine or ten days ago and committed those, you know, I think, I think war crimes, yes. basically. They burnt people alive, all sorts of horrible. I've seen a lot of the photos which haven't really been published in the media and I can tell you they are horrific. Let's look now at what Israel is trying to achieve with a ground assault. What is the mission of the soldiers when they go in there? Israel says its mission is essentially to kill off Hamas. Hamas, of course, is one of the two major Palestinian political factions. It runs the Gaza Strip. There's been for 20 years, Israel and Hamas have had uh, wars, different wars from time to time. I covered three in the six years that I was living here. But this one is different. This one, because of the atrocities which have rocked Israel. I mean, everybody in Israel seems to know someone or related to someone who either knows someone who was killed or injured by Hamas or is going off to the front. Mm. This war is different because it has a level of anger and fury amongst the Israeli public that I haven't seen before. And the mission of the Israeli army is to go in there and try to cut the head off what they regard as the Hamas snake. Mm, and of course, this is urban warfare, so it's very different, isn't it? There's no front line as such. It makes it even more complicated. That's right, Sam. If this was an open battlefield, Hamas would, would not last five minutes because of the, the, the power of the Israeli armed forces, their, their navy, their air force, their ground troops. But as you say, it is an urban warfare, which the Israeli army is nervous about, I think. Because when you're going into a place like Gaza City, you don't know what snipers might be in what building. You often can't even tell where the snipers are. So it means the Israeli army could be engaged in a fight where they don't have an advantage, where, you know, they don't even know where the enemy is. So that's why I think this war, one of the reasons this war will be quite different from other wars. Well, the US President Joe Biden says an Israeli occupation of Gaza would be a big mistake. He says Hamas does not represent every Palestinian and he might travel to Israel this week. But John, how far will the international community allow Israel to go in its response? Is there any limit to what will be acceptable? I think we're at that turning point now, Sam. I think the international community, most of them, 
saw the horrors of what happened to those, you know, civilian innocent Israelis and were horrified. But the more that we hear the stories, 700 children now, according to the United Nations, have been killed over the last week and a half. I think the international community is at that pivot point now where they're going to start to say to Israel, you cannot kill this number of civilians. Now, Israel would say, we don't target civilians. That may be the case, but nonetheless, a lot of civilians are being killed whether they target them or not. And the notion of having hundreds of people trapped under rubble who are just going to be left there to die, I think will resonate around the international community. So I think that this is a big turning point. That's why I think the United States, Antony Blinken, as Secretary of State, in the last 24 hours has started saying that the way Israel does this is important. He supports the right of Israel to do it, but the way it does it will be important. John, from all you've said, this will be a brutal battle. But can Israel actually succeed in removing Hamas altogether? Or are the people of Israel and Gaza looking at a long, protracted war? I think what Israel can achieve is serious damage to Hamas's infrastructure, to Hamas's leadership. But the idea of ending Hamas, I don't think, is achievable. Hamas, as much as anything, is an idea in places like Gaza. There are many other Salafist groups and hardline groups in Gaza. So simply destroying something called Hamas or its leadership, I don't think solves the problem. At the end of the day, the blockade of Gaza and the occupation of the West Bank, in my view, need a political solution, not a military solution. John Lyons is the ABC's global affairs editor. Najla Shawa is a resident of Gaza and an Oxfam worker. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald, Nell Whitehead, Lara Corrigan and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Coley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.